the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to another edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast. Kevin Sylvester, Paul Peck, and of course the founder of SpotTrack.com, the place you go to find out all the great contract information in pro sports. Mike Gennetti here, and we have uh, an interesting week here. Settle in for the next two hours, okay? <laughs> uh, maybe not quite that long, but we're going to talk about career earnings by sport because it's Mike. It's kind of a slow, slow time right now for signings and such. Yeah, there's there's plenty of sports on and, and, and available to watch, but in terms of the, the business side of it, it's a little bit of a lull in time. In terms of you know, baseball hasn't really kicked into its free agency, and basketball's active, and football's in the middle of the season, so. Yeah, in terms of the you know the, the breaking news financially, there's really not too much out there. So it's a nice time to kind of reflect and, and kind of see you know how much these athletes are earning as a whole. Yeah, and here's the warning for everybody: the numbers are going to jolt you, you know. And 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 again, I, it's it's an it's an unrealistic world um, of what pro athletes make. So the numbers shouldn't jolt you if you follow sports enough to know that the numbers are so far out of the realm of what normal people earn. But you're going to be even jolted more when Mike starts to talk to you about what career earning numbers for some of these players are. Well, and these, just another asterisk or warning here these numbers are the reason why travel sports for kids are out of control <laughs> right now because everybody thinks their kid's going to go on and, and do these things. But hey, have fun. Okay, <laughs> let's start with baseball and, you know, the top all time earner in baseball. And no, no surprise, this guy's recently retired, mm-hmm. but no real surprise because of that Yankee contract. The Yankee contract. Well, was it the Yankee contract or was it the Texas Rangers contract yeah. originally? Wasn't it the same deal, it was Mike? All of the above. Can yeah. I do it in my John Sterling voice? Can I? Have Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> That's an A bomb from A Rod. It also is an A Rod. It's uh, made 437. That's a lot of stakes at Del Frisco's. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Mr. Sterling. I, I, I am a fan of what he does here. But A-Rod, 437 million. Yeah, that's the that's the big enchilada. That's the number, you know, with this discussion that really every athlete in all of these sports is reaching for. And it's it's not easily obtained. I, I, I did some research here for this and, and I, I'm not sure there's a player out there, you know, currently who has an angle to get to four hundred and thirty seven million. That you mentioned the Texas contract, the the, the Yankees contract. That's the thing, right? These players, especially in baseball, where you've got a, a lead up to where you can make money, right? You're, you're, you're making about half a million for the first couple of seasons. And that's just how it works. The, the fact that A-Rod got two ridiculous contracts, the fact that he, he changed teams. And yeah, got and remember, contracts. he was a pro at age, what, 18, 18, 19? So, I mean, he had like five years of earning that most players don't. Which is actually a, a nice discussion when we get to a couple other sports as well. That that is part of it. He he was great early, but he and he stuck around for a ton of years. But but that second massive contract that's just not happening anymore. It, it may happen soon. It, it may happen soon because I think people are understanding teams and agents and players that number one that ten year contract when you're 25 years old does does two things. Sure, it pays you a lot of money, but five years into it, you've already outplayed that number because other, other players around you, you know, have already reached way higher and it, it gives you no flexibility to move around, which we're seeing with Giancarlo Stanton right now, very limited flexibility, even though he's got a ton of money allocated to him in that contract. So 
that A-Rod number is gigantic. And even in this day and age, I'm not sure someone's going to get there. You, you literally just said a $250 million contract was a bargain. Yeah, yeah we're going to use terms like <laughs> just and only. And that's going to be that's going to be only applied to these players and not the real world. A-Rod is the top all-time earner. At, at, again, that 437.1, that point one matters yeah. uh, to somebody, his accountant probably. But I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Who has earned more, A-Rod or the women he's dated combined? Oh, good question. You got Madonna in there, right? I'm not J-Lo? prepared. <laughs> I would have to think it's the women. I would hope so. I mean, just Madonna alone is probably comparable yeah. to A-Rod. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, but I can't answer it, thankfully. Okay. And I'm probably missing a few in <laughs> yeah. there, right? I mean, there was some, wasn't there some? That's, that, would Kate be a, that, would, that would be an affiliate version of SpotTrack.com right. that would track. Our, uh, our track sister for, station. Right, yeah. The sister station tracks tracking those kinds of contracts. Homework assignment, ma- career earnings for Madonna, J-Lo, and Kate Hudson. All right. right. right? Tweet me at SpotTrack if you know the answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also, uh, also, let me add one thing to A-Rod. Don't forget, that's $437 million without $22 million that he lost to suspension oh two years right. ago. So he's he's a four hundred and fifty million dollar athlete in terms of what he could have been making. It, 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 the numbers are ridiculous, and like I said, the really interesting part of it is, is that we're in a day where numbers are massive, and I don't think anybody around us is going to get come close to that right now. Right now, could, now give out the top active earner and the the potential right. earnings guy at currently playing. So as of right now, we're looking at CC Sabathia, who's earned two hundred forty six million. So you're talking about. Almost two hundred million less than Alex Rodriguez for the wow. highest active earner right now. Now, when you when you kind of hash out contracts that have been signed, and we look at future earnings that are you know guaranteed, Miguel Cabrera is set to reach four hundred and twelve million. So he he's the closest thing to A Rod's earnings in terms of potential. He's going to make that in twenty twenty four. He'll be forty one. He, he's probably not going to be playing anymore. Let's be realistic. He's having back problems. He can barely, you know, stay active. Another right guy now. that started very young in his career, very at a very young age, and, and he got that big second extension with Detroit. You know, which is rare. So, you're talking about these massive, massive earners. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for decent money early on, obviously, then a nice contract, and then another big contract. And that's how that structure kind of works. Well, you mentioned, you know, that so Cabrera. Is on track to also surpass the four hundred million. Stanton's not, and what about Bryce Harper? No, well, Harper's the outlier. Har- Harper's okay. the one we're all looking at here because we're seeing these numbers of four hundred and five hundred million for this contract. I can't get there. I, I can't put his production at four hundred million, not even close, based on you know what what's going around around the league. I, I can get him to about thirty million a year, which if it's ten years, that's three hundred million. He's made twenty million right now. He's going to make another twenty this year, so you're looking at three forty, you know, in the next. 10 years, 11 years of Bryce Harper's career. So he's got a chance. I mean, he's got a chance to get there, He, but he needs to average $30 million a year until he's 40 years old. Oh, wow. That, that really to get puts... To A-Rod. That, yeah, I mean, that's what we're looking at. That's why I'm saying I can't even look at him a- and realistically say he's definitely going to do it. Uh, no surprise that the bulk of the career earnings baseball guys have all played and worn the pinstripes. Yeah, t- the top four all-time earners. We're talking A-Rod, Derek Jeter, CC Sabathia, and Carlos Beltran. So all significant pieces of the Yankees over the last few years, most of, of which, you know, that's where the big money came from as well. I mean, the Yankees were shelling out money, and these guys, pay, you know. <laughs> a name on here. And you know, I have a name you won't expect, you might not expect. And I have a, I have a question for Paula after this. But Adrian Beltre, 
who is ninth all-time in earnings, just over $200 million. He'll be at 220 after next season, age 39. And Paul... This guy's a Hall of Famer. He's got Hall of Fame numbers. Is he a Hall of Famer? Well, I don't. My first inclination is not to think of him as a Hall of Famer. No, right. Um, but he's had a nice, really long career, and he's been a very good, productive player for a number of teams and a number of careers. But he's got over three thousand hits. My first thought is, yeah, Adrian Beltre is not a Hall of Famer, is he? So, so you know what I thought of when, when I put this on the list? He sort of Darrell Revis himself, right? He he sort of maximized his earnings. He's maximized his production at the very right time. So that whenever that contract was up and he needed something new, he either got a huge extension from his current team or he went shopping elsewhere and got a big extension from somebody else. So it, it, everything just sort of fell right for him. Not to mention, you know, he's he's 38 years old and still playing good ball. So right. obviously longevity is a huge part of these numbers. But he, he sort of maximized the ability to make the money at the right time. Always a free agent because some guys are completely the opposite. They're never a free agent when the year that they could have made their most money at the position they play, there's nobody better. They'd have been the best player there. That So you're saying that it, every time there was a shortage of third baseman, Beltre was a free agent. He he certainly worked the system well. you know, yeah. And you're <laughs> seeing that with some other guys across the sports, which we'll get into as well. But, yeah, he, he's a surprise top 10 guy. He's kind of, you know, he's like a consultant. Right? He just comes in, makes a lot of money, and gets the heck out of there. I mean, yeah. he plays a pretty good third base. Let's yes, not sell him short. <laughs> right. Yes, he does. All right, next sport, Kevin. NBA. Now, th- th- come on. There have to be, you know, this is where the most money's got to be at, the NBA. It- it's and coming. Major League Baseball. It's coming, right? So, okay. So, obviously, we've talked plenty on this podcast about, you know, the money that exists right now and is coming in the next couple of years. It's not LeBron, it- by the way. No, no. The all-time earner is Kevin Garnett, which – which shouldn't surprise you. I mean, we, we talked about coming into the league early. This is a guy who came out of high school. I believe he was the first to do that. Yes. Yes. Well, aside from Moses Malone way back in the day. Right. I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> Sadly, I am. But you missed, out on, you missed out on Moses Malone. He was awesome. He was awesome. All right. Um, $334 million. That's where Garnett stands. And you mentioned LeBron. Obviously, LeBron is going to get there. Um, it looks as though it's going to take about three years to do that. He's about a hundred, a little over a hundred million away. Um, he's probably going to going to do a one year deal next year at thirty five million. So he's on track in three years to become the the career earnings leader. The highest active earner right now is Dirk Nowitzki out in Dallas, who has done it all in one team. He's at two hundred and forty six million. He's probably going to walk off into the sunset after this. So. You know, he's probably maxed out, but as it stands right now, he's the leader in the clubhouse in terms of NBA active players. LeBron I, makes more off the court than he does on oh, the court. Oh, there's no question. And I wish I could include those kind of numbers in here. Um, obviously, you know, that's a part of these guys' earnings in terms of their their, their life as a whole, but we, we keep that on the court in terms of those numbers. I love how you dived into the fact uh, of how many of the high earners played four years in college, didn't never played you talked about Garnett and LeBron never having played college that's an interesting little subset too it, it's it's something we've been looking at over the last couple of years because of the discussion of the one and done with college and, and NBA and how that may be changing in the next maybe you know 12 to 18 months um, I thought it was interesting that these, these top 10 earners all time it, there's a mixed bag right so five of them never went to college which you you should expect those to be to be the highest earners right those guys had the ability to make money at 18 and 19 where other guys had to wait until their 20s see not college is not for everybody it's not for everybody no. <laughs> you can you can shoot a free throw right <laughs> it's a trade it's like a plumber anyhow so only two of them though were one and dones you know two of them p- played for two years and then one played all four years of college and obviously we know who this that is a great well i don't know do you really? think that's a slam dunk that everybody would know who the four-year college guy is i don't think it, no i don't think everybody would know 
With a four-year guy. Not that he's not a great player, but it's so rare to have seen a great player that played four years of college these days. He's probably the the best player you would not pick on a starting lineup. If you went all-time NBA, you would not pick this guy to be in your starting lineup. He was one of the most boringly impressive players in the history of NBA. Yes, that's a good way to put it. We're talking about about Tim Duncan of the Spurs uh, at $242 million, the highest-earning guy that went four years to college. That's right. Wake uh, Forest, by the way, for those wondering. And it'll be interesting to see how long that stands because, you know, how many players are, are sticking through four years of college and then playing, you know, 15, 18 years in the NBA after that. So it's it's an impressive feat, and it's one that may stand for quite a while. But um, with those top 10 guys, I'll tell you what surprised me and just maybe me not following back in the day, but Shaquille O'Neal played two years of college at LSU. Right. Mm. He, he stayed an extra year because, you know, I, I think he was so raw coming into yes. college and all well, he was doing was dunking is that he needed that second year well he, he had that game against uh duke where christian leitner right. ate his lunch That's yeah right. it was in it was as a home game for lsu and leitner just took him to school I, I just can't imagine this day and age a guy like shaquille o'neal in college on the national networks every week yeah and <laughs> would it be amazing in college another year you know i want to I mean? say chris jackson was his point guard yeah i believe right? lsu it, absolutely it, it yes. might have been his senior year of the year shaq was a freshman and they also had stan roberts <laughs> Didn't they have Stan Roberts? Yes, that I don't Stanley remember. Roberts. Stanley Roberts, right. right. You know, and, and I think they played together again in the pros with the Orlando Magic. Right. Who's you can fact check this all you want sure. here, but you know, it makes for a good story. I'm Who's the one now. unexpected basketball name, Mike? Yeah, so uh, this one might even more be more so than Beltre. The, 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 the name on the list here is Joe Johnson, who is ninth all-time with $214 million earned. This guy, he, he has what is widely regarded as one of the worst contracts in the history of the NBA. He signed a six-year, $123 million contract with Atlanta back in 2010, which back then, those contracts weren't coming like they are right now. This was a big deal for a, a, lot of, for a guy who a lot of people looked at and said, who? Right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, that was a who-are-you-kidding contract. So it, it still holds up that way. He's in the last year of it. It'll be tough for him to get anything more than the veteran minimum next year. So he, he's certainly trailing off in terms of these earnings going forward. But he's top 10 right now, and a lot of people would be super surprised by that, I think. By the way, it was Stanley Roberts and Very Shaquille. Good. They had two seven-footers in the starting lineup, and Chris Jackson, who went on to become Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, uh, was a point guard. He was a leading scorer. Right. Nice. All right, how about now let's go to the NFL, where I think everybody would expect that the bulk of the career earnings guys in the league are going to be quarterbacks. Yeah, 13 of the top 15 all-time earners are quarterbacks, led by Peyton Manning at $248 million, but not for long. Peyton's, Peyton's not going to hold that mark too long. He's a, His brother's second, and his brother is the top active earner, obviously, with $219 million. It's his brother a Hall of Famer, by the way. Oh, that's a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I just I throw it out there. I, you know, because, you know, you, is if you're strictly be basing it on Super Bowls, year. then yes. If you're basing it on a body of work, I well, think it's a lot less of a slam dunk. I would agree with that. I think the better discussion is, will he be the quarterback of the Giants next season? That, well, yeah, because, that is another future uh, future podcast. Well, if he's not, you could tell us what the uh, contract ramifications are, right? Because <laughs> it will probably be right. a release situation. Or would right. it be a trade? I now, think, I now the, reason, the yeah. reason why Tom Brady isn't there yet is because Tom Brady has always been willing to take less than market rate in order to make his team a better team. So we're, we're going to take one of these episodes and actually break down Tom Brady and his earnings situation as a whole but yeah for for lack of uh time here brady's brady's essentially done a two-year deal with a signing bonus 
and minimum salaries. That's, that's just how he's done it. So he's always had fresh money in his pocket, but not maximum money in his pocket. And that's why he stands 50, he needs $51 million to catch Peyton Manning, which would be three years at about $17 million a year. So it's doable. You know, if he wants to pay to play to 45, you know, that's certainly a doable thing, but it's going to be tough for him to, to, to hit that 250 mark. Yeah. And, and here, the next one for you, Mike, and this is a great question to stump your buddies with, because you mentioned 13 of the 15 all-time NFL salary earners are quarterbacks. Ask your buddies if you think they can name the only two non-quarterbacks in the top 15 list. And I know the answer, Kevin, but you don't. I know one of them, I think. Okay. Darrell Revis, see one of them? That is not correct, but no. a good guess. Really? He's close, but, but wow. I mean, if he plays next year on that Kansas City contract, I think he will get into the top 15, but he's currently 18th right now. So there's We're, a. We'll stump you. We'll, we'll make you sweat this one a little bit, Kevin. Uh, one's a wide receiver and one's a defensive end. See, I was going to say defensive end would be uh, the other spot. Because that's the next big, that and left tackle are the next big high-paying position. You'd have to think it's a uh, Von Miller. Would he be? Not, not in the league long enough. Yeah, not yet. All right, then. But, but Dwight, you're Freeney. The right Dwight Freeney. Good guess, too, All but right, not correct. I give up. I give up. Not correct. Uh, Both are active. A too. guy who might very well have been on this list had he chosen to go to the NBA instead. Interesting. There's a good hint for you. He could have, he might have, you know, that Carolina blue that he wore might have gotten him in the NBA. Julius Should, Peppers? Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. Wow. Right. You got it. Uh, and then the only other non-offensive player in that top 15 career earnings list is a long-time, all-time great wide receiver who's still playing. One of the all-time great receivers who's a uh, guy in Arizona there, Fitzgerald. Correct. Right. Yep. Okay. Who's two. a great guy, by the way. If you ever meet Larry Fitzgerald, he is just a super guy. He'll actually have a conversation with you. Won't just be like, all right, hey, great to meet you. I'm just speaking from experience. So, so that's a great question to throw at your buddies at the bar next time and see if they have any clue. Because I think it's an Peppers. awesome question. Yeah. Really? Julius yeah. Peppers. Just longevity and, and the right position. And he's been, position that he's like signed three pretty good size free yeah. agent deals too, yeah. right? When he left Carolina well, to go the, to the Bears and then when he signed with the Packers. Oh, so I, all right, I'm trying. I thought it was Packers and Bears. but No, it was Bears, Bears and, and Packers. Packers. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, what else from the NFL jumped out at you, Mike? Well, just really what's coming, right? So obviously the, the salaries are growing and these contracts are getting a little bit more sizable in terms of the signing modus and things like that. So, you know, you've got obviously Matthew Stafford's ma- massive deal and, you know, Staff- Stafford's going to make this, he- he's going to become the top dog fairly soon here. We're talking about, you know, a situation where I, I think by 2020, Matthew Stafford is atop that list, but he may not be there for long because we've got situations where Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers both need contracts in, in about a year or two. And, you know, just the way things are hashing out, those are, you're talking 30 million per year contracts for those guys. So I was going to ask, do you think we'll ever see, a, or how long will be to see a $300 million career player in the NFL? Given the way their contracts are and how, you know, the bonuses matter more and they're not always what they seem, yeah. the contracts. It's an interesting question. I think it's coming. Obviously, I think these guys are going to be close. I think I think Aaron Rodgers has a chance to do that. I think the next wave, you know, maybe that Golf Wentz wave, if they stay on the track they're on, they've got a really nice chance to do that. I wouldn't say say that much about Winston and Mariota. I think that's maybe a lower class in terms of how those extensions will pan out. 
but Ryan and Rogers have a have a chance. They're they're certainly going to pass Peyton and, and get above that two fifty mark. But three hundred is not within reach. A sport you're never going to see a three hundred million dollar player is the National Hockey League. Yeah, but before that, I want to yeah. my I want our on the unexpected player. And if you were listening to a previous edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast, we talked about this guy as the all time great undrafted f- earner. Right. So so. The reason, the fact that he's on this list may not surprise you, but the fact that he was undrafted makes this impressive, right? We're talking about Tony Romo, you know, in his 15th, he's 15th all time with 127 million right now, mm. right? And he did that in 14 seasons. But what you have to remember is as an undrafted player, he made almost nothing to start, right? In his first four years, he made 4 million. So, so he made 123 million in his last 10 seasons wow. with Dallas, right? And really walked away from you know a couple, couple as well. So he had the the opportunity to to jump up to that 135 mark, but 127 for an undrafted player, it's certainly top for the undrafted guys, and right now it's top 15 all time. All right. All right. Now to where we'll jolt you with the bad comparisons, well, I, right? I, well, you just look at what max contracts are in the National Hockey League. You know, had they not gone to a cap system, you would have had a player. Uh, you know, I go back to one year, the Rangers, you know, they were throwing out $20 million contracts, you know, uh, like they were nothing. Uh, you know, now with the cap the way it is, I mean, the top players, uh, you know, the uh, McDavid contract, $12.5 per season. Yeah. So, I mean, Cro- Crosby, you know, his next contract, it'll be interesting to see what it is. But even then, you look at Crosby's career earnings, they're, they're not going to blow you away. No, no. I mean, relatively speaking. So we're, we're obviously talking about Yaramir Yager at the top of this list. The guy's played, you know, 70 years in, in the league. So, <laughs> And this is just NHL money. This does not include KHL money. No. That, right. Good point. Because he point. played two years over there, correct? Good point. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's making a million this year. It's probably going to be his last year. So we're, we're looking at $135 million for Yager. That's, that's, the, that's the ceiling right now, which, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things compared to everything else, it's it's pretty pretty low it's i mean it's it's a it would be ranked in the hundreds of oh, yeah, the easily, other sports easily i mean we're just talking tony roma made 127 million you know with, with 14 years at the cowboys so 135 is the bar uh, Sidney crosby's made 109 million so far he, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be the ceiling very quickly here in the next couple of years so even on his current contract before the next one kicks in so there's more coming i mean we're gonna we're gonna see that 150 plus mark very shortly but even a guy like McDavid, right? He he'll have 105 million by 2025 at the end of this big extension he just signed. He'll be 28 years old, so he'll he'll certainly have a chance to you know double that and get to the 200 million mark. But that's probably the the ceiling going into the next 10, 15 years. I mean, 200 million is probably where we're going to be in 15 years in terms of the NHL top earner. So the numbers are way lower. It's just that kind of a league. It's structured with a cap that way. You know, it doesn't allow teams to overpay for. You know positions, even though you know they probably should be. I mean, guys like McDavid should probably be making you know closer to twenty million a year based on his production versus other players, which is really how you know the NFL and that works. That's why we're able to evaluate those guys the way we do, because we're able to see the gap in production between them and the average player of that position. So, you know, the the hard cap in the NHL, the 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 lack of revenue and the money that goes to the players in terms of their salaries. It just really keeps these guys in a pigeonhole. You know, looking at position-wise, goaltender, and there's one player that's in the top 15 right now. Yeah, just one. It's Roberto Luongo. Um, he's still active. He's still able to make a, a little bit more here to uh, to raise that number, but that's it. I mean, the, the goaltender may be the most important position in hockey, but it's certainly not paid that way, and those guys don't play long enough generally 
to to crack this kind of a list in terms of their career. Defensemen play a long time. Yeah, it's most of them. Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple that that really have a chance to to make some serious money here in terms of guys like Shea Weber, who, for those who don't know, signed a fourteen year, one hundred and ten million dollar contract and was traded. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So. So, you know, it's an interesting league. It really is. There, There's a lot going on. It's just that the, the numbers aren't big and sexy and flashy to be to, to kind of put out there. But going to last week's podcast, Shea Weber got hosed in that trade because he was playing his all his games in Nashville, Tennessee, and he goes from a state income-free tax, you know, a state in Tennessee to Quebec, which I think they take 89% of his sure. money. Like, I mean, that, Not to mention it's, you know, a million miles away. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a great, it's, you know, he can't go to the grocery store in Montreal because uh, you know, there's just huge rock right. stars up there. But, yeah, the tax, I want, we'll have to ask Mr. Uh, Rayola to figure out how much money he is paying more in taxes to play in Montreal than he would have if he stayed in Nashville. Yeah. And I bet you over the life of that contract, boy, it's yeah. got to be at least a million. Or twenty million well, at least dollars. It, I'm gonna say no. It's 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 a it's seven figures more mm-hmm. for sure. I'm just saying from the tax savings. Right. Sure. How about our unexpected NHL earner? Yeah, really, just a name that maybe you haven't heard in a couple of years because he really kind of fizzled out at the end of his career. But you know, Vinny LeCavalier played 19 seasons, and similar to our discussion of 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 these kind of underlying players, he just kind of banked at the right time. He had three really nice contracts. With a couple of different teams, he, he, he kind of played the free agent market well. He, he was bought out. He was traded. So there were some situations where he got to a new team, and they liked what they saw, and they threw a ton of money at him. And uh, obviously, this was back in the day when that was still possible. But, he, you know, he, he made a really nice big chunk of money, and he's second all time. So, you know, and until, you know, guys like you know Ovechkin and, and Melkin and those guys kind of jump forward a little bit. He's going to be number two for a couple of years now. His Ferrari was, you know, that he <laughs> parked in the back of the arena in Tampa was number one. Every player would look at that car. So you, right you knew he there. was number two at that point. You huh? knew. You knew. <laughs> Vinny LeCavalier was making bank. Uh, again, a tax-free state in Florida. All right. Uh, cool stuff there. You can check, check out all the information at Spotrack.com. Today's Cap Fact. All right, now it is time for our cap fact, and it's never too early, Mike, to start looking ahead, particularly as it relates to the NFL salary cap to next year, because you're starting to get a feel via SpotTrack.com of which teams are heading into 2018 in good shape against the cap and which may have to do some maneuvering to get under the cap. Yeah, so this is the time of year where we, we take our, our cap tracker tool on, on SpotTrack, and we, uh, we, we basically include any additional cap space from this year into next year. So we're able to kind of get a a snapshot look at, you know, just how much projected cap space these teams may have heading to 2018. And some of the numbers are pretty outstanding. I mean, this is, we're setting up for what could be a pretty crazy off season in terms of free agency and trades and obviously the draft. But, um, you know, we've got a couple of teams who sit at the bottom of this list right now, who, who you see numbers like this. and, And what I'm thinking is players are getting cut, players are getting traded. And these are not, bottom of the barrel teams these are legitimate teams we're talking about the chiefs we're talking about the steelers and we're talking about the eagles they may be the best team in football right now so they've got cap trouble in terms of how their their team is structured next year now the good thing is those teams don't have to sign a ton of players right they've got you know 30 39 to 45 players under contract next year so restructures things like that extensions to make their cap hits a little bit lower there's ways to get around that for these these teams in terms of getting ready for next year and getting under that number for the the start of 2018 
But there are teams, you know, who have less than 10, 10 million who don't have a ton of players and maybe don't like the players they have. And there's going to be a lot of movement. T- teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Panthers, teams like, you know, Dallas sounds like, boy, they might just blow it up and start over from scratch. And they don't have a ton of cap space to do that right now. So they could do that with the owner, too. They could. Yeah. yeah maybe the <laughs> coach. Luck. Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, there's a, the, the bottom of the cap tracker tool we have is really an interesting way to, where to place to start because you're looking at teams who definitely have to do something to get ready for next year if you look at the top of the list sure these teams don't have to do anything these teams can field two teams themselves right now i mean we're talking about the 49ers and the, and the browns are looking at 110 million in cap space <laughs> right now that's without it. doing anything it's crazy just to start let's hope that's part of the rebuilding process that they're underway <laughs> and not just the fact that they won't flat out spend any money or have any good players who are worthy of being paid the one interesting thing about the teams with the most cap space is the one that you didn't mention which is the colts but they're paying a quarterback. Now, there's a question whether he's ever going to be healthy enough to be the quarterback that they're paying for, but it surprises me to see that a team like the Colts has a ton of cap space and they're paying pretty high market-level rates to Andrew Luck. The Colts, I, I, I think even though to the press and to the reporters, they, they sort of played this off like, yeah, you know, Andrew Luck's going to be ready and we're going we're to have a great season. And blah. But then they started releasing everybody. Right, they start. You started to see defensive players fall off the board. You started to hear, you know, all of the all of their major players were at the trade deadline on the trade block. So the writing was on the wall for this, and they sort of they sort of realized maybe four or five weeks into the season, hey, this is going to be you know a dumpster fire, and we need to start getting ready for you know what could be a big 2018 for us. They could get out of Andrew Luck's contract if they want to. I mean, the way that it's structured, it's not you know they're not sandbagged into a, into three four years down the road with him. They could certainly make a big splash. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're obviously going to give Luck every chance possible to get back into the to the number one position. But you know, they could they could trade a player like Jacoby Brissett. They could trade for another quarterback if they're and really they made not a top sure. five pick. They, and they're going to have a huge draft pick, you know, to fill a need, whether that be the quarterback position or something else. But yeah, they they did a nice job in the last ten weeks or so to kind of identify that this was not going to be their year. And, you know, they're, they're looking at $84 million in potential cap space now, plus a top draft pick, plus they've got a quarterback, like you said. So, yeah, of the top five teams, they, they may be in the best approach. Well, another example of a new GM coming yeah, in and exactly right. trying to uh, clean things out, uh, give them cap space to maneuver in the uh, years to come. Time now for the contract of the week. All right, we go to the NBA for this, Mike, in our contract of the week, and a guy that uh, is sharing the backcourt, uh, you know, this year, <laughs> James Harden. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Harden is, you know, an elite player in the league. What's interesting about him right now is we, we do something called our best value rankings, right? Where we evaluate every player in terms of what they're making versus how they're producing. And we give them a score, so essentially like a Madden score, right? Well, we do this every week. And we list out the top players by position based on, you know, the who's the best value going right now at each position. Well, this as of right now, six weeks into the league, James Harden is the best value shooting guard in the NBA, which is saying something because he's making an average of $30 million a year right now. And that, that just never happens. I mean, you, we see players with five, six million per year, and generally it's a rookie-based system where the, the, the best values come from the lower salaries. This guy's worth $30 million a year. And he's playing at such a high level that he's a, a best value in the league. Now, that's going to change quickly 
in, in two years when he's making $42 million per year based on his recent extension. So, you know, this dream isn't going to last forever. But it's a really interesting point. It's a testament to how, much, how well he's playing right now, that team is playing right now. And he's, without question, the, uh, the MVP right now. My, my question with this is, how did Oklahoma State, you know, Oklahoma City, excuse me, screw it up? You had Harden. You had Durant and mm-hmm. you had Westbrook, and you couldn't keep them all together. I actually just had this discussion, and and really, I don't think it was about money. I think they would have paid him, but they didn't want to play him. <laughs> they, right. they loved him as the sixth man. They loved him in that role coming in as the second guy in, kind of like the super sub. And obviously, I, I don't even think he went to find a ton of money. He went to find a starting role. So, I mean, they, they didn't even identify him as a as a starting five guy at that point. They were they were that far behind. Some guys want to be the big gun. Yeah. on a team, right? That's right. Well, the interesting di- the interesting common denominator with those three was Westbrook, yeah. right? That's right. You know, both I'm, of them needed the ball, so you could see where they you know they couldn't see that coming. But you know, they're both making their own money, and they're both you know shooting shooting a lot of balls <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, before we wrap this up, I got something to throw at you guys. I, this, I came across this the other day, and and Spottrack does not dot com does not have a celebrity endorser, correct? There is no celebrity athletic endorser to the site, right, Mike? That's right. All right, well, I got a guy for you. I found this guy. Oh, I thought you were about to pitch yourself. No, not me. <laughs> he is bounced around the NFL. He is just recently signed to the practice squad of his sixth different NFL team. He has career earnings of just over three Three hundred and sixty thousand. Not very much for an NFL. So he may be willing to look for other sources of revenue via an endorsement here with SpotTrack.com. He is a player who graduated from the University of Akron. He's a defensive end, and his name is Nordley Cappy. But they refer to him as Cap. So I'm pushing right now that we start the SpotTrack.com Cap Cappy Capcast. (laughs) <laughs> I think we can reach out to him. I think he would definitely be up for it. And you and I and all of us would enjoy being able to say welcome to the SpotTrack.com Cap Cappy Capcast. I don't think I can say that more than three times. <laughs> no. so this isn't going to work. <laughs> How could we not align with a player whose name is Cap Cappy? Right? Up Am I on to something here or what? Up next, Peter Piper. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. You, Mike, it's your site. You let us know. But if you want us to, uh, you know, reach out and try to uh, try to get an endorsement deal with Cap Cappy, I think uh, I'm all for it. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I think you should go with Andy Cap and his pub price, uh, baby. All right. Good stuff there. Uh, for Mike Gennetti, Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Uh, check out all the info at SpotTrack.com, and we will talk to you next week.